Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. Um, we have been in a series uh, entitled, Is It Well With Your Soul? And um, not sure how you feel about it, but it has been um, helpful to me in that um, I think that it is a lot of times the missing link of what we understand about Christianity. And sometimes we paint Christianity as something that solves our eternity, which it does. Um, Obviously, we can kind of paint it as something to where the gospel saves us from hell, um, it gives us heaven, and we can almost turn it into a sales pitch to where, um, well, if you don't want this place and you want this place, then this is your alternative, this is your option. Um, But the gospel and the Bible and many of the principles contained within are not just intended to solve eternity, they are also intended to solve reality. And so if you have a faith that just answers your question for eternity, but doesn't change anything in your day-to-day life, doesn't help you have hope, doesn't help you have trust, doesn't help you understand some of the problems in the world, then you have not found the Christianity that Jesus Christ has described in Scripture. Jesus described the Christian life as an abundant life. And sometimes we like to say, well, it's abundant because if you walk with God, then you'll have great finances. That's not true. Okay? If you walk with God, all of, your pro- all of the problems will go away. That's not true. But it gives a context, a lens for the way that we see the world that we live in. And so the goal of this series has been this, to let us examine how Jesus Christ can save the soul, how he saves it eternally, but how he can also change the soul into something that is, number one, glorifying to him, but number two, is helpful to us in society, that is helpful to us in reality and in day-to-day life. And so here's one of the things that we started off with, is that your soul is not your body, okay? Your soul is not your mind. Your soul is not your will, but it does affect all of those. And here's what I would even go as far to say is that your soul is really the driver of everything that you live out, meaning that you will have desires that you have that are deep in your soul. You will have really maybe some problems that are deep in your soul. And the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ solves all of that. And so today, here's what we've gotten to in this series. This will be lesson number six. If you missed any of them, you can go back and you can watch them on our YouTube channel. But this will be lesson number six. And I want to really refer to lesson number five that we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about the enemies of your soul. What are the things that are going to fight you from having a soul that is well, okay, to refer to the series title? What are the things that are going to push back against you? There are so many things in our lives and in this world that are going to fight us. The truth is, is that our American dream and our American society and culture is not really that worried about your soul, okay? The news does not sit down and maybe in their meeting room when they talk about what they're going to cover that day, how's this going to affect people's soul? Everyone has an agenda. 
sometimes even, and I say this begrudgingly, and I say this praying that our church and the, this class is not like that, sometimes churches don't even care for your soul. It's next number, next step, this is, what's the, this is what the goal is. But your soul, if it is something that was important enough for Jesus Christ to save, it is something that is important enough for you to take note of. And so that leads us to lesson number six, what, are, what helps your soul or what does your soul need? And so this is really going to coincide with what we talked about last week. Now, if you remember, we had a disaster of a week last week with technology. I came up here and I re-ran all of the wires and we didn't get rain. So right now, everything is working, fingers crossed, okay? But I, the reason we worked so hard on it last week before class is because I wanted to show you a video. As, as soon as I show you this video, you're going to think, you got on a ladder and messed with ceiling tiles to show us this video. And I did, okay? Here's with the preface, all right? Last week, we said your soul is like a bank account, and the enemies of it, they will, put, they will pull away from it, okay? They make withdrawals, if you want to say that, all right? They suck life out of you. They suck life out of your soul. The things that we're going to talk about today make deposits, okay? Here's what you need. Some of you are like, we already know what video you're going to show, and it's very stupid, okay? But it goes to show you not only where I think that it, this will be good for your soul, okay? Let's say that, all right? But you're, most of us operate off of a bankrupt or broke soul, okay? We have made so many withdrawals that we are broke. So let's show this quick video that is very dumb but very funny, all right? Oh. Hold on, pause it. Can you pause it? We'll watch it twice. Let's turn it up. Like to 50. All right, I don't know, because you got to get the laugh. How many of you have seen this? Oh, this is the best. This is like my kid's favorite video right now. All right. <laughs> Watch it one more time. <laughs> All right. So, listen for just a second. Some of us, if we were to take an evaluation of your soul, and as this kid would say, Jaden broke, your soul is broke, okay? Sometimes we just feel this immense amount of pressure. If you got one dollar bill, one quarter, and two pennies, as he says, then guess what? You feel that pressure, don't you? You feel that burden. If you Every time you get a text from your bank, or you get a bank account update, or you maybe go through the bank, or you swipe your card like, dear God, please help it not to be declined. Oh, it's declined. Let's try this one. All right, let's try this one, all right? That's a, that's a burden, isn't it? That's a weight that you carry. That's one thing that affects your soul finances but now let's add everything else in this world that could be a burden to your soul let's add relationships in there let's add stress from maybe work let's add anxiety let's add let's add maybe some of the things that we see in the world maybe just some turning on the news okay watching the simple things that are it's not simple the very complex things that are happening in the world that can become a drain on your soul, and eventually it will start making withdrawals. 
And so all of the enemies that we talked about last week are things that suck it, that pull away from your soul, that begin to pull and, and really drain it and make withdrawals to the point to where many people, Christians included, are operating on a bankrupt or broke soul. And so today what we are going to talk about is really the opposite of everything we talked about last week is if those are the things that pull away from your soul, what are the things that make deposits into your soul, and what does your soul actually need? So Psalm chapter number 42 is where we're going to read out of today. This is such a powerful psalm. I'm not going to take the time to read all of it in today's lesson, but I hope you'll go back and you'll read it on your own. Psalm chapter number 42, verse number 1 says this, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. One of the most popular verses in Scripture, okay? There's even songs that we sing about it. As the deer panteth after the water brook. That, that word heart is talking about a deer. Have you ever seen a deer run for its life? Or maybe you've just seen a deer run across the road. You will see that most of the time you can even see its lungs begin to gasp in and out, okay? Because it's panting for something, it's searching for something, it's searching for water. That is the same way that your soul should be for God. So as the deer, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after the old God. Verse 2, my soul thirsteth for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? Now I want to give some context to this, okay? David is actually saying his, his anxiety, his emotions, is what has kept him. That's a really dark place, isn't it? To get to the point to where you wake up in the morning thinking, what can I stress about today? What can I be emotionally distraught about? That's the point that we find the writer in, okay? And let me just say, there's probably... If, if percentages hold true, there's probably some of you in this room that that's where you're at. So what does David do? He says, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude, I had went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept the holy day. Verse 5, why art thou cast down, all my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. When David was at his lowest, he found hope in God. He found hope in God. And before we ever get into the points, here's let me just go ahead and give you the answer to the question of today's title. What does my soul need or what helps my soul? God is the only answer for your soul. God is the only answer to your soul. Several weeks ago, we referred to your soul as a donut. The only thing that can fill the hole that is cut out of the donut is the donut hole that was taken from that hole, right? You can even try to fill it with other donut holes, right? But guess what? They will never be a perfect match for the hole of a donut until you find the thing that was taken from it. And the hole that is in your soul, the void that is in your soul, can only be filled by that which was taken from it, and that is God. That is for those who are lost and maybe have not experienced the gospel and experienced the good news of how Jesus Christ came to save them, but it is also for those of us who are saved. 
Stop trying to fill the void in your soul with things that are empty, that will fade away, and fill them with God, who is the only hope that your soul has. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray. We'll ask God to help us, and we'll give you a couple of thoughts of what your soul needs. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to look into your word. Lord, I ask that you would help us as lost and Lord both are uh, lost and saved alike that we would fill our lives with you Lord if there's any in here that has not accepted you as their savior that has not uh, received forgiveness of their sin Lord I ask that they would fill their soul and have their soul saved eternally by accepting you as their savior Lord I pray for those in this room who maybe are carrying a heavy burden that feel somewhat like David in Psalm 42, that they're just tired. The only thing that keeps them going is just the emotions that they feel. Lord, I ask that you would help them to find their hope in you, that they would stop trying to base it off of what the world has to offer and maybe even some of the relationships that the world has to offer, and they would begin to focus on you. Lord, I ask that you would help us to understand just how important this is in our Christian life. And that we would take your words, take your principles, and apply them to our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. So if your soul has things that are pulling from it, if your soul has things that are draining it, if your soul has things that are sucking the life away from it, it also has things that it needs, okay? Many of these are going to be things that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, but we're going to put them all together, and we're going to make a cohesive thought out of it. And here's why. Because if it is important enough to recognize the things that can pull away from your soul, it is also important enough to recognize the things that can build and help develop your soul. And many of them, here's what you will find, is that you find God as the fulfillment of your soul when you simply do what He has asked you to do. When you simply begin to walk in His way and follow His way and begin to ignore the alternatives and the enemies when you begin to recognize them as things that pull stuff away, pull the life out of your soul, begin to replace them with things that your soul needs. So the first one is this, your soul needs obedience. Your soul needs obedience. Now we did a whole lesson on how obedience and how disobedience affects the soul, but let me just summarize it this way, okay? When you choose to obey God, when you choose to make a right choice and do something that God has asked of you, or even just do things that maybe live your life in a way to where you're not openly rebelling against God or you're not fighting against God, here's what you will find, is that God has rewards linked to obedience. The same way that as a parent, you might have, as, as parents with my wife and I, that we have rewards that are attached to obedience for our children. Now it's not, okay, you do one, two, three, you get to go to Walmart. No, but there is, there is fellowship, there's relationship. We get, to, we get to enjoy spending time together. This week on vacation, um, our kids, we were stuck in traffic on our way in to um, meet some family in downtown Gatlinburg, and I made such a dad statement. Like Our kids were kind of getting, like, how close are we? How? Baylor is our child that you put her in the back seat, and as soon as you pull out of the driveway, are we there yet? And it's like, holy cow, like I thought that only like happened on movies. Like, like she literally thinks, like she gets impatient. We have a four minute drive from our house to the church. She gets impatient going from there to, are we almost at church? And it's like, okay, you're going to have to settle down. But I made such a dad statement this week. 
I said, because <laughs> our kids were kind of getting impatient, I said, today will be as fun as you make it. And I thought, oh my goodness, that was such a, like, like you choose what kind of day you're going to have. Uh, and so they were kind of getting worked up. And so I said, today is going to be as fun as you make it. And guess what? In some ways, that is the exact same way that God looks at us. We have this deep desire to have a close relationship and close fellowship with God, but we also fight our flesh that wants to say, well, I want to go and do this, and I want to live however I want. And here's what God's Word basically teaches through principle, is that you can be as close to God as you want to be by how you choose to obey. You can be as close to God as you want to be by how you choose to obey. If you want sin, if you want all the lifestyles of the world, then here's what you're basically, you're sacrificing your fellowship and relationship with God. But if you want relationship with God, then there are going to be some things in this life that you just have to say, I would rather have the presence and fulfillment and, and spirit and closeness of God than I would this world. What you desire the most is what you will be willing to sacrifice for. And you're going to choose one or the other. And guess what? You're not always going to get it right. But deep within your soul, here's what I believe you'll find. Is that when you choose the fulfillment of this world over the fulfillment that can only come from God, that will eventually run out. Eventually, there will not be enough drugs. There will not be enough relationship. There will not be enough whatever. Eventually, there is a bottom to the things of this world. But there is no bottom to God. You can't get to the deepest part of a God who is omniscient, who knows everything. You can't get to the bottom of a God who is all-powerful. You can't get to the bottom of a God who is there for you, who, ha who gives you peace. And guess what? Eventually that cannot be offered by the world. So your soul needs obedience. But then notice, secondly, not only does your soul need obedience... But your soul needs a focus. Your soul needs a focus. Last week we talked about how that your desires are something that will rob your soul of life. Okay? You wake up and you check Instagram and your friend got a new car. Oh, I want a new car. Okay? You wake up and, and someone's social media post says, oh my goodness, I'm so in love with this boy and he's the greatest person ever and he's super cute and the only guy who's asked you out in the last month is fat and overweight and doesn't have a job and whatever else, okay? Like, ah, oh. your desires dictate some of what your soul needs. And so guess what you do? Well, I need to go and find this. I need to get a better job or I need to go further in debt so that I can have as cool of a car as so-and-so. I need iPhone 17 because it takes better pictures and look what it'll do to my social media account. So you begin to build off of your desires. Watch this. Your soul will focus on something. And that something typically will not be God. Your soul has a tendency to focus and hone in on something. And typically, our human nature is not for that to be God. Most of us don't wake up in the morning and think, mm, you know what I need? I just need to spend extra time with God today. I just wish there was some way that I could budget my money to where I could give more of it to God. That's not what we do, is it? We wake up and we think, hmm, how much money would I have to save to be able to get this? Ah, forget it. I'll just put it on my credit card, right? 
That's how most of us live. And if you're not careful, I want you to listen to this. Your soul will spend its life here on this earth focused on everything but God. And guess what? It will always want more. It will always want more. And what David said is that my soul wants more of God. I desire Him more than anything else. And here's why. Because once again, the stuff of this world can only satisfy your soul for so long. Eventually, you can only live off of McDonald's cheeseburgers for so long before you actually wake up one day and say, I could actually use some real meat in my life. Right? Because why? You can live on the fake and the filth for a little while, but eventually you're going to get hungry for what is real. And an unhealthy soul feeds itself and thrives for what is fake. When a healthy soul that has been redeemed by God says that I want to wake up and desire God. So first of all, your soul needs obedience. Secondly, your soul needs a focus. And there's verses out from the side of these that we're not taking the time to go through. So if you want to go back and look at them on your own, I would encourage you to do so. Your soul needs a focus. And then thirdly, your soul needs hope. Your soul needs hope. Look at Psalm 42, the passage we read, and look at verse number 5. I absolutely love this verse, okay? Especially since we've started studying this. He says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? He says, basically, why, why are you upset? Why, why are you broken over this? Why are you disquieted in me? He gives the answer. Hope thou in God. Have you ever woken up and just thought to yourself, I wish I had something more to live for? Okay, that's a really deep answer, so don't like raise your hand. Like, yeah, me! <laughs> I actually did it this morning. Okay, so don't answer that right now, all right? We, my wife and I, we were, when we were in uh, Gatlinburg, we took our kids on some of the rides and some of the stuff. And you, have you ever seen these people that have like very monotonous jobs? Like they click the little green button on the kids' choo-choo train, and they just look miserable. Like they're like, all aboard and they click it and then they have to like there was this one guy yesterday he had to like ring this little bell every time the train passed and like like blow the horn and like he would like hit the green button and then the train would be coming around he's like and it just looked like like that's what i wake up for in the morning all right but guess what not everybody gets to do something they love 24 7 right not, that's not what our life's purpose is. There's people who retired from putting lug nuts on a tire five days out of a week, okay? And guess what? They retired from it. There's people that worked factory jobs, and every single day, the same piece of machinery was looking at them. Millennials, we like, we're like, eh, this is boring. I'm going to quit and go find a different job. Oh, do you have a different job? No, I'm just going to go find one, right? Like, poof, out of the air, all right? We're not good at that. We're not good at the monotony of life. But listen, even when your life's calling does not fulfill your sense of purpose and give you hope, and I want you to listen to this, your hope was never intended to be found in a job. Your hope was intended to be found in Christ. And there are going to be days where you wake up and you think, man, this is just pointless. 
this isn't what this isn't what I went to college for. This isn't what I trained for. This isn't the life that I dreamed. And it's because your hope is not meant to be found in your finances, in your job, in your competency. Well, I got a job, but I stink at it. Your hope is intended to be found in God. And as Christians, us, us Christians above anyone else should wake up every morning and should walk into our jobs and should walk into our classrooms and should walk into maybe family reunions with hope because guess what? Our hope is not reliant on this world. Our hope is not reliant upon our job or our success. Our hope is found in God. And at David's lowest moment, what did he tell his soul? He says, why are you cast down? Why are you disquieted? Why, are you at, why do you feel that way? It's because you've found hope in something other than God. So your soul needs hope, but not hope that this world can bring. Your soul needs hope from God. And then fourthly, we'll fly through these last two. Your soul needs relationships. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Ecclesiastes chapter number four. Ecclesiastes chapter number four. Actually, you know what? I don't know if we've got time to do that. Let me give you a summary of Ecclesiastes chapter number four, okay? If you go and you look at Ecclesiastes four, verses eight through 12, here's what you'll find, okay? This is written as really a point of Solomon trying to find what is fulfilling in this life. And here's what he finds. He actually makes a statement at one point in Ecclesiastes where he says, everything under the sun is vanity. Basically, everything you can find down here is empty. You're not going to enjoy it. Yeah, it might bring pleasure for a little bit. It's for a season, he talks about it in Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. But in Ecclesiastes chapter number 4, there's one thing that he says is helpful. I want you to listen to this. In Ecclesiastes 4, verse 8, he says that, I think it starts in verse 8, he says, you look around and you see people that are by themselves. And by the way, we live in a very lonely world. The people in this room, by statistics, are some of the loneliest people in the world. You compound that with how many things are going on in, in this world and all the things that are going on in this life, there's even more loneliness, okay? So listen for just a second. You can find people who are by themselves everywhere. And it's not based off of your Facebook friends. It's not based off of how many Instagram followers you have. It's not based off of the fact that you get to hang out with 200 people on a Friday night. Loneliness can happen even in crowds. So loneliness is all around us. He says, you look around, you see people that are by themselves. You see people that are lonely. And what you will find by the time you get to Ecclesiastes chapter number 4, is he say, or verse number 10, he says two are better than one. Because two, you can have someone that can help you. You can have someone that can pick you up. You can have someone that can sustain you and warm you. You can have someone who can encourage you. But then by the time you get down to verse number 12, he says this, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So he says one by themselves, that's not good. Two is better than one, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Let me, let me kind of illustrate that for you, okay? By yourself, you may not fulfill what God wants for your life. You need some people to come alongside you. And guess what? Most of the time, we're really good at finding people who don't help with that, okay? I used kayaking as an illustration like 12 times last week, so we're going to use it again, okay? 
We're good at finding people that, oh, they have a kayak, I have a kayak, oh my goodness, we both like Yeti, let's put stickers on our kayaks and go down the river, all right? Those are the people we're good at finding. We're not always good at finding the person who says, hey, how's your walk with God? Oh, do you like kayaks? Right? That's, that's how we typically respond. Like, eh, that's kind of deep for a Thursday, all right? We're not always good at finding the relationships that can be there to help us. And let me just go ahead and say this, that in dating, don't find someone that, oh, man, we just have a ton of fun. Eventually, when you're 80 years old, you're not going to be able to go skydiving anymore, Okay. So don't base your, or kayaking. Let's go back to kayaking, all right? We're not going to be like, well, that's the only thing we have in common is that we both like kayaking, so let's go get on the... No, find someone who helps your walk with God. Find someone who breathes life into your soul. Proverbs 27, 17, the Bible, one of the verses on your handout there, says, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the counsel, or countenance of his friend. Find people around you who build you up in your walk with God. Not people who just say, you're great, you got it, go get them, champ, all right? Find someone who's going to build you up in your walk with God. And then lastly, not only does your soul need relationships, not only does your soul need a focus, not only does your soul need obedience, but lastly is this, and it corresponds with what we closed with last week, your soul needs rest. Your soul needs rest. I want to close with just one thought, okay? It's 1045, give me five minutes. I want you to listen to this. If you have to put your notes away, if you have to put your phone away, whatever, I want you to listen to this. When you go to Genesis chapter number one, and you look at how God created the world, you look at how God created Adam and Eve. God created Adam and Eve with everything that they needed in that garden, didn't he? In fact, that's one of the points that we refer back to over and over again throughout Scripture. And I want you to listen to this. So much so that when God had created Adam and saw that something was missing, he created Eve. Think about that. That even in the midst of something that was perfectly created by God, God loved humanity enough to say, there's just one little piece that's missing right here, and I'm going to create it and fulfill it. But in that garden, they did not have the burden of disobedience, did they? Because at that point, they had only had one rule. Don't eat of this tree. So they didn't live with sin in their lives. They didn't have the burden of disobedience. They didn't have the burden of stress and of work because that came after sin. Part of the curse is that we have to work for what we get. They didn't have the burden of relationships because God had placed them perfectly and made them for each other. And most of what we struggle with, I want you to listen, not most of what we struggle with, all of what we struggle with, I would even dare to say is fixed with God. God didn't intend for it to be this way. He created a world to where it didn't have to be this way. And guess what? When someone, Eve and Adam, messed it up, and we all got into this mess together, He still provides a way for that to happen. 
And it's through knowing God, it's through accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, and then it's through living the Christian life afterwards. And if you will evaluate your life and the things that you are facing right now and the problems that you have and the things that are just draining your soul to where you wake up in the morning and you're, you're worried about them, you're tired, you're stressed, you're, you're whatever, what you will find is all of that is solved in God. When we say your soul needs obedience and your soul needs focus and your soul needs relationships and your soul needs rest, all of that is found in God. Matthew chapter number 11, verse 28 through 30 is the verse that you've got here under this last point. And what it says, it says, come unto me. This is Jesus talking. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. How many of you would classify yourself as laboring and heavy laden most days? Like on Monday, like let's check back on that poll tomorrow, right? Where's the answer found? He doesn't say, wake up and get to work, all ye that are labor and, labor and are heavy laden. He doesn't say, why don't you try stressing about it some more? Why don't you try to work yourself out of that problem? No, he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Then he says in verse number 30, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Ye shall find rest in verse number 29. Last week, here's what we said. One of the greatest enemies of your soul is your pace. Well, I got to wake up. I got to get to work. I got to get to work and I got to get this done. I got I to get this done before lunch. And then after lunch, I got to get this. And then I got to eat lunch. Like, who has time for lunch? And so we live at such this rapid pace that where we get home and our, we're asleep before we even hit the pillow. We don't have time for God. We don't have time to renew ourselves but your soul can find rest in God. And so here's what I want to encourage you with. Number one, don't miss next week because we're going to talk about the habits that help the soul. What can you do to actually put some of these things in so that you're not bankrupt in your soul? But here's what I want you to do this week. Above anything else, make some deposits in your soul. I'm going to choose to obey. That thing where I've been failing and I've been disobeying, I'm going to choose to obey. I'm going to choose to put some relate. Maybe I need to go have an honest conversation with some friends and just say, look, I'm thankful that we get to go kayaking together, but I need you guys to ask me about how things are going in my life. I, I, I need someone to check on me spiritually. I need someone to text me and tell me to come to church. I want you to build relationships that breathe something into your soul but I also want you to find rest in God. I want you to find your hope in God. And that may mean that this week you have to sacrifice some things. It may mean that when you get that text on Friday night and someone says, hey, let's go hang out, let's go do this, or let's go, let's go do, that you have to say, no, I need to spend some time with God. I need to focus my heart and my life on God. I'm trying to fill a void in my soul, and right now you're distracting me from it. You don't have to say that. Okay, just send a cool emoji or something like okay. But let's make some deposits this week. Okay? With every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's pray and we'll ask God to help us. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org.
You can also check us out at FRBC underscore Crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.